Well, hello and welcome to A Fistful of Truth. I am your host, Delara Essengill, and this is my podcast. You can find A Fistful of Truth on Anchor.fm, Spotify, and many more platforms. They are all listed on the Anchor.fm portal. You can also find me on my blog, DelaraEssengill.blog, where you can visit many articles, share them with others, And also, kindly don't forget, I remind everybody every time in the beginning of this podcast to enter their email address on the blog. On the far right side of the blog, there's a space where you can do this. And the only thing you will ever get from now until I get to maybe quit this job, (laughs) this ordained job of, of blogging and writing, which I'll probably never quit, but at least during this time of the Great Awakening, Um, you will only get a notification, okay? So don't let it scare you that you're entering an email address. There's just a notification of a new post. There is no advertising that will be sent to you, no solicitation, and your email address isn't shared with anybody. In fact, it's just automated. When I type up a new article, you get a notification, or if there's a change to a post, that's it. Please kindly help A Fistful of Truth The way to donate to A Fistful of Truth is to share the information. That's the only way you can help. Um, This podcast, this blog post, my efforts is to copy and paste a link to the URL to what you're hearing today, yesterday, tomorrow. Check check out all the articles at delaraessengill.blg. There's a lot of great uh, decodes recently with Snackanon, very pertinent to the times we are living in, which are extremely important to our human history and evolution Uh, We have lots of information there that hasn't been published anywhere else. You won't find this information anywhere else unless somebody takes it, repackages it, steals it, rebrands it, and calls it uh, their own, which, you know, is not. So in the meantime, the only other way to locate all this information in one convenient location, since I'm not on any social media platforms except uh, for a Telegram channel that is constantly wavering due to the uh, deep state operation of the telegram. I believe that the white hats also have some play in it, but um, it is a data collection uh, platform. However, where are we going to go since the big tech purge? Well, I put everything on a fistful of truth.com. That's right. One convenient location, a fistful of truth.com is a website you can visit. It's mine. Again, you don't get any solicitations and nothing happens. Nothing happens of this sort. You just go there and you can find the latest podcast, the latest blog post. It's all listed in one convenient location and do kindly share the uh, the website if you want with somebody who is trying to stay up on all this. There they can search for and peruse pretty much anything and everything I've ever written and put up uh, on the internet for since 2013, really. So I want to take this opportunity to thank everybody 46,647 followers on the blog. That means they have uh, either followed it through social media, which I'm no longer on a lot of it, but um, people are still following the blog. So thank you. And if you enter your email address, you will be a follower, meaning you will only get a notification. Okay. This is not tied to any other uh, scheme or marketing scam or any kind of grifting or so forth. I want to thank everybody who visits the blog. We are at 900. 997,534 hits today, August uh, 26th, August 26th, and that's almost a million hits. I never thought I would be having a blog post with a million hits. In fact, I was trying to uh, kind of like, you know, take some time off, but I've been forced to take a lot of time off and I'm spending my time wisely by helping uh, others wake up to what is going on. 
And、uh, I want to thank everybody who has written in about the latest decodes with Snackanon, and thank you to Snackanon as well, and、uh, all the other people who appear recently on this on this podcast.、Um, there's some amazing、uh, guests here, including somebody that I、uh, respect very much. Montana Sky is here. Uh, today she is going to be talking about some very interesting observations and bringing us again from dark to light、um, today. On you heard it here first on a fistful of truth. So, without any further ado, I want to welcome welcome back Montana Sky. Well, welcome back, Montana Sky. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. How are you today? I'm good. How are you, Delara? I'm a little tired because I've been working a lot.、Uh, it seems so funny because I'm unemployed but working for truth and freedom because freedom、mm-hmm. is free. <laughs> Delara, I have to tell you, I am almost at the end of part two of the deco that you and Snackanon just put out, and it is it is beyond stellar. Pardon the pun.、Um, I have a, a number of comments. You guys are so on the money with what's happening because so much of it is applicable here in New York. I cannot thank you enough for the work、uh, and the brain power that goes into preparing this and presenting it. Well, thank you for that kind comment, Montana. And、um, I can only humbly say, I guess, thank you. But you know, I just find that there's really nothing else that I, I don't want to do anything else, but He can know the truth because it's the only way. And we were having this conversation very lightly before we began this、uh, podcast today that we're going to be free. And there's so many people that are not understanding that everything's going to change, right? Totally.、Um, I just got back from the grocery store before we we're recording this, and I was checking out. I'm here in Central New York, just as a reminder to the audience. And what I'm seeing is, for example, in the grocery store and in Lowe's and in Walmart, is we have now a lot of illegal people working as checkout people, cashiers, store associates, etc. So, as a comment to what you guys were speaking about、mm. in part two, it is.、Uh, The corporations that must be getting credits, or they have some reason to hire these people because they're everywhere. The checkout girl at、uh, the grocery store was her name was Syria. <laughs> Where do you think she's from? I did use that example the other night、um, on the on the excuse me yesterday on the decode. You know, it does have a lot to do with what Snack said about the. Form one twenty nine, as POTUS always is referring to this hundred and twenty nine countries, and he switches between the one forty one, which we now know is the Meridian Line, where they're crossing over from Canada, and you're closer to Canada than I am here in California,、uh, being in New York. And、uh, additionally, that form one twenty nine is how she, that cashier you saw, most likely got here because the jobs. That are listed for people to come here are ridiculous. You know, it used to be that you had to have something to add to and benefit to our country.、Um, I have relatives that came here because they were extremely smart and good at what they did,、um, and they were asked to come here. This is years ago, not now.、Uh, 
um, because, you know, we all know people with special skill sets. However, these people, you know, I'm sorry, being a cashier does not require a special skill set. Well, I think what happened is, is that they actually uh, posted signs and they were trying to hire and there were probably a certain number of days that they had to advertise those jobs. Mm -hmm. And if it wasn't filled within 30 days, then they could pull somebody off the list. But my point is, is that the corporations are are roped in. And I know that true here in New York state. I don't know if it's true in other states, but the audience will have a look at what's going on by them and make their own conclusion. Under form 2129, it's true in all 50 states. Hmm. Anyway, I'm really sorry. You know, I, I, I didn't get to meet up with you when I was out in California. I, I had a very interesting visit with my daughter and a lot of interesting things happened, which I would love to share because I think it's important uh, to know what's going on. I uh, went, pardon? Oh, absolutely. And I, I'm sorry, I didn't get to see you either this time, but I'm sure uh, on God's time next time we will see each other. I wanted to, um, yeah, I would love to hear what your observations were because you've lightly shared some of them with me and I'm just blown away at what your perspective is. I know the audience is excited to listen to you today as well. Okay, well, anyway, I, I live in upstate New York now, but because I had pets which needed special care, I dropped them off in Westchester County with a friend. And I flew out of JFK Airport, which is in Queens. It's an international airport in New York City. Um, as, as Just as an aside for anybody that doesn't know how our air system works, we have a hub and spoke system. So the major airports like New York City's, um, I guess, uh, LaGuardia or Newark and in Los Angeles, it would be LAX. They are actually slices of the metropolitan region. So you, you actually can walk through and you see international travelers as well as it's just a slice of life for the whole metropolitan region, which in New York is about 15 million people. And just for argument's sake, I'll say it's the same 15 million in LA. Uh, I don't know the exact number, but so what I saw was very interesting um, because I flew on JetBlue, uh, which advertises itself as New York City's home hometown uh, airline uh, based in Queens. And uh, I got a good deal on the flight and I noticed something very interesting. The uh, people in the airport, remember, I probably, let's just say for argument's sake, I saw 10 or 15,000 people. It was a very interesting slice of life. What stood out immediately, no matter where I looked through the airport, was that there was very little white population or black population on on the flights, at the gates, or in the airport. And I kind of dismissed it at first. I do speak Spanish and spent a long time working in South America, so I have no problem conversing, but I noticed the same thing in LAX, and I was shocked. It was shocking on the plane to see so little of those populations. Remember, this is a slice of a metropolitan region, and it was a shock to see that on the plane and in both airports. The other thing I noticed 
uh, was the luggage. Um, it took me a minute to really grasp it. I flew out to LAX with just an overnight bag. Um, and we all know what that looks like. One of those little black bags that you, you know, drag around. And I noticed that a lot of the people on the flight, that was a carry-on, a lot of the people had a lot, it was mostly men. They had the same carry-on. It was a rectangular piece of luggage, either silver or black. It had four wheels and a handle and you, it didn't, it didn't like drag, like, like my bag. It was a particular piece of luggage and they all had the same one. And it was so odd to see maybe 50 people on a flight with the same piece of luggage. And on the way back, from LA to New York, I actually brought one of my daughter's suitcases. She was out there for the summer as an intern. And I noticed that there was very, very little checked luggage. Now it's true that you do have to pay for checked luggage, but still this is a long haul flight. People should, there, there should be people with checked luggage if you're going for a long period of time, it's not like a day trip going from LA to New York. So again, on that trip, I saw a lot of people with that same identical piece of luggage. So it hit me, this was given, it was issued to them. These are not citizens. I think you're absolutely, um... Correct, and I think that's an, a very keen observation that most people uh, wouldn't have noticed. So thank you for bringing that to us. I mean, that is a little mind-blowing, but at the same time, who's providing this luggage? Do they all go to the same shop and the same person who makes the same luggage happens to be <laughs> luggage dealing? I mean, <laughs> how is this happening? Well and what's in the luggage where they issued an entire suit of clothing. I mean, th this was not a big piece of luggage. It was about two feet by about a foot and a half and about, let's say, 14 inches deep. So what can you really fit in that? Like weekend clothes? Seriously, you don't travel usually from New York to L.A. for the weekend. You know, what not you're... all these men. I just thought about something when you're talking just now in LA, I don't know and remember when this happened, but at some point while I've been living here. So I moved here officially in 2006 from NorCal, although I was here quite a bit before then. So sometime after 2006, I'm going to guess probably after 2009 or 10, they were giving out and they meaning some government entity or some, some government subsidized program was distributing packets to the homeless um, and hence, okay, I don't know if people actually know this, they were providing not just money. By the way, if you're, I helped a homeless man and this is how I know. If, you're, if you were homeless in LA, this is back at the time period I'm speaking of, you received uh, somewhere between nine to $1,200 a month back then um, through different, uh, different programs. And in addition to 
I'm not here to talk about the, the money being allocated to the homeless, but this is important since you bring up this piece of luggage. They were issuing tents. Uh, they were issuing uh, day packs or, or care packages that included, you know, toothpaste, um, just basically essentials that you would need for your daily upkeep, you know, a comb, some shampoo or whatever it was in a packet. And it came in a piece of guess what? Luggage. So you would see all these homeless people, especially where the neighborhood where I lived, where I later moved to Hollywood um, to be closer to where I was working at the time. They, you would see all the same types of tents and the same types of luggage. And I, I actually know about this. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if what you're saying is absolutely being facilitated by the left. Well, it's just unusual that everybody has the same freaking piece of luggage. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's just not normal. And, you know, this is, that's very bizarre. Even, you know, as a child, I was traveling quite a bit and I was homeschooled quite a bit and I've traveled quite a bit around the world. I've never seen an airport where everybody has the same piece of luggage, especially here in America. Exactly. And these people that we're talking about, you know, I wanted to say, I, I feel like this is the infiltration instead of invasion. I don't feel like they're legally here. The ones that they're are not, and I don't feel like they're good people, to be honest with you. The majority of the flux of immigrants that have come in illegally to our country, and I'm going to go as far as saying mostly through the friggin' Canadian border, okay? We're not looking at Mexico. And I, you know, I did say this on the decode, and I will say it again. A lot of the illegal uh, population coming in from the Mexican American border obviously is Latin based, okay? It's not a surprise or any mind stretch to understand this. And a lot of it is either going to be through, uh, a lot of, there, there's two types of populations that are coming in. It's either one or the other through the Latin, um, through the Latin American, uh, Mexican American border, illegal, um, gang related criminals or non-criminals. So there's either people that are just trying to come here to work to get away from the cartel run village that they live in because folks, that's how it works. Okay, these little tiny villages, I mean, not everything is, and the bigger ones too. You know, Mexico is, is ridden with the cartel. And so are a lot of South American countries. You know, we had somebody here from Colombia, Charles talking, and we're gonna have somebody from Venezuela coming up. I know you have a lot of experience with Latin America. So I was in Venezuela for three years. I was in Caracas. Wow. Uh, and that that is I visited Caracas when I was a child and it was um, it was a gleaming white city, the most beautiful city. This is what I and, hear. And and the last time I was there, which was about oh, I'm dating myself, but it was probably close to 22 years ago. Mm -hmm. I had a bodyguard. And um, I had an allergic reaction on the flight and we absolutely had to stop for medication. Yuna had no idea how terrified he was to stop at a pharmacy. Oh my God. It's that bad. It's that bad. And um, so Caracas, we, unbelievable. The, the, it, it is beyond belief 
it can only have gotten worse. They ate the zoo animals. You know, how oh, bad is uh, it that bad? Oh my so, God. Mm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, okay. So you're getting, you're as bad as that's so horrible. Um, as, as bad as it is coming through uh, Latin America up to here, we understand that there is, uh, you know, there is this large criminal illegal population pouring into and invading the United States. Absolutely. This, this is the, this is who's, uh, you know, not all, but this is why we're seeing this uh, same luggage because it's the same type of people that are coming in. And I'm going to say it. A lot of these people are coming in from Arabic nations, Arabic nations. And I'm not saying this as any kind of a, you know, a negative statement about any. Oh, it's just a fact. It's just a fact. That's all. It's just the facts. It's just like the Latin population coming through the Latin American border the same thing's happening through, but see, Canada is not an Arabic nation, all right? So in the Form 129 that we talked about, you have to have citizenship in either Canada or Mexico, okay, to come in under the 129 non-immigrant status worker, which is now a retail store clerk at whatever, uh, you know, Home Depot or your grocery store. So what they're right. doing, well, they're here's what I think. What I think is, is I think that Trudeau has, is, he's part of, he's a weffer. You took the word out of world yeah. Go ahead. Right. And so he is basically, he could be selling those forms for a dollar or for whatever. And they're coming in, in my mind's eye, I see them coming in through Buffalo, New York, um, the uh, governor hoaxel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> of New York, she is from Buffalo. So I, and, and Buffalo is, is a, a huge city with a huge uh, immigrant po uh, illegal population. So they're probably, land they could be landing at that airport or coming in from Canada because they just come right over um, Niagara Falls. They just come right over from Canada. Uh, and I, I haven't been to Buffalo in a while, so I don't know how that how exactly that's being facilitated. But there are two ways of doing that. And of course, they could come in uh, less likely through Maine, New Hampshire and Vermont, unless they're coming, you know, in on white buses. I don't know exactly how that's happening, but I'm sure this is happening in other regions of the country that can come in. I've done the drive from Vancouver right down to Seattle. It's like maybe an hour and a half. It's easy. It's an easy drive. Um, I think you mentioned that Snackanon is from the uh, Midwest and I'm sure there's an easy drive in from there. So these are the paths and they end up everywhere. They just need to come and plug into JetBlue in Buffalo, New York. They're probably and they can fly given, anywhere. All they the probably are given test. flight vouchers. I'm telling you, um, I would. Oh, you took the words right out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. We're on the same wavelength. The 141st Meridian West is the most of the border between Alaska and Yukon, Canada, and this is, I believe, what Snackanon pointed out to what POTUS is uh, referring to. I think you're right. I think there's people coming in through Buffalo. I think there's people coming in through uh, a lot of this Alaskan border. Um, and I think that they are, 
are, are literally emptying out their prisons um, and they're sending these criminals. And I'm, I'm gonna say it, there are a lot of Arabic nations that use Islamic ideals to uh, enforce their uh, quote, cultural unquote, um, which is an excuse and a lie, a belief of pedophilia. And this is why we have Saudi um, Arabia being, you know, referenced quite a bit in this movement as Alice in Wonderland. And we all know HRC was very big on the Saudi uh, connection, as well as the Haiti uh, connection, because, well, we're, we won't go into Haiti because I'm focusing on the, um, the Arabic influx, influx here that has been coming in and using their uh, culture is an excuse. It's not an excuse for pedophilia. Nothing is an excuse um, for trafficking young young children, boys and girls alike. Um, you know, just an aside real quick, Johnny Depp was seeking asylum in Qatar, the country of Qatar. I have a picture I saved of him and a little girl with panda eyes and she's freaked out of her mind. So a lot of these celebrities and people that were associated, and I say were in a past tense because we are watching a show and a lot of them have been dealt with. They have been taken out. And it's gonna take people some time to understand what I'm saying and what you can grasp and I can grasp at this time. But a lot of these people were visiting uh, these Arabic nations that were allowing the, it's not just the Arabic nations, by the way, and, and um, I'm not saying this in a blanket statement, but that's where this shit was going on. And that's the shit we're seeing infiltrating our country right now. And it's mind blowing because I've watched my area, Montana, where I live, which is Northern Los Angeles County, uh, become infiltrated by criminals. And I say this because I am aware and have physically witnessed some of this criminal activity, which is beyond words. I won't go into it for privacy reasons on this talk, but I have witnessed the most horrific things that I have ever seen in my life. And I'm somebody who worked in law enforcement and special victims. And I'm now seeing things live with my own eyes, not just a case that ends up on my desk. And it's every single time, it's one of these people. There you go. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm like closing, I, I'm just, <clears throat> my reaction is, yes, you're right. And I'm remembering the Kabbalah movement which is another cover uh, and has, has, uh, has been a cover, the Chabad and the Kabbalah movement have been a cover for the real Jewish people, uh, which is actually they're performing the same things, a lot of the same things. If you look at Kabbalah and you look at um, a lot of the mystical books of the Jewish tradition, they are exactly the same. They may be written in a different language, but they do the same thing to the women and to the children. And for those people listening who doubt me or who are saying you're a hater, I want to remind everybody that I am Jewish and that I come from this and I have seen it up close and personal and I'm horrified, 
absolutely horrified. And I have taken a giant step back from all of it, as have my children, because we don't want anything to do with this. It may be the Jewish way or the tradition, but it is not the human tradition. And it is not in alignment with the true God, because nobody, the true God does not ask you to kill anything or anyone for a sacrifice. Okay. Whether it's an animal or person. Okay. It is not the way of the Lord. It simply is not. It may be a way of a different God of a, of, of, of a a demonic God, but Mm -hmm. it is not the way of the true prime creator God, period. End of story. I mean, that's such a profound statement and it's such a simple statement to understand. Anybody can understand what you just said. And I, I um, want to thank you for your, your uh, braveness and speaking out and telling the truth because, you know, I come from a very multicultural family. I mean, everything but Latin is what I tell people when they ask me, what am I? And, um, my my family and history crosses almost all cultural borders from religion to ethnicity and um, I have met a lot of my family I was very fortunate when I was very young to have met my family and um, (laughs) unfortunate in some ways but you know at the same time I agree with your statement wholeheartedly this is not about one ethnic group Um, This is not about one religion that's better than the other or worse. This infiltration instead of invasion that we're talking about goes way far beyond and much uh, further back than the luggage at JFK or the store clerk or the, you know, local pedophile that's now moved into your community um, from some country that accepts 12-year-old brides for 60-year-old men. Okay, Um, this is something that is demon bound and this order of uh, sacrifice and uh, dark forces, Ephesians is what comes to mind all the time, 612, is and has permeated, unfortunately, right now in this time, um, every single aspect of our being and society and it crosses all racial boundaries I want to make that very clear on the show I don't care who you are I don't care what country or religious system or belief you may have been brought up in or or have right now chances are it's been infiltrated whether it's the Christian church the Catholic church um the your temple your local buddhist temple i mean there's talk about some culty swami orders my god um it's everywhere so when people say you can't say that about jewish people or arabic people or chinese people or white people or black people sorry it doesn't have anything to do with any type of person right absolutely bothers this me this is a lot. time I'm sorry, this is a time to really stand tall in your integrity. And if it means you step back and you're a little bit less involved in the world, that's, that's been, that's been what I'm doing. It doesn't, it doesn't feel good when you look at your social calendar and you're like, wow, I'm not going out very much. But on the other hand, I feel ever more wholesome. Mm -hmm. uh, And I feel, I feel clean. 
Um, this is a time where people are being sorted. Um, and I'm not even worried about what other people think. I'm, I'm not even worried about really anything at this point. This is just a time, it's a difficult time to get through, um, but I'm noticing what's happening around me and there's a lot of dirtiness. There's also a lot of, a lot of ill people. And my goal is just to make it through uh, healthy um, and to, to sleep well and to eat properly and to take vitamins and just make it through every day because this is, um, this is gonna be a tough winter um yeah. it's not fear-mongering i i think here here in the north what i'm really concerned about is heating um i have been really harping on this uh pardon the pun <laughs> but um you know we're expecting that heating costs could be as much as five to ten times that what it was last year um because it, as everyone probably knows a lot of our liquid natural gas was shipped to Europe here in the Northeast. And a lot of our gasoline nationwide, our petroleum products are being shipped to China. And um, the problem is, is that as a population, we need to keep warm and go places. Now, I don't doubt for a minute that the illegals who are being put up in housing somewhere, new housing, probably they're going to be nice and warm. Okay, I'm not worried about them. I'm worried about us. I'm worried about us. And we're going to have to reach out to our friends and our, our neighbors and our even our enemies and make sure that they're that they're okay. Because the governors, at least my governor, they're not worried about us. They're worried about their illegals. It's really it's, true. Montana, you know, and it's Cold. It's going to get cold. The heating season starts October 1st. And uh, the date is like what, August 25th? Uh, I did I did a uh, chart. And quite honestly, if we haven't heard that deals have been made about liquid natural gas and about gasoline, I mean, they need to process it, ship it, and then distribute it. It takes time. And already are, yeah, logistics are huge. You know what, I'm going right. to stop for just one second. I um, want to make sure that the recordings, you know, the censorship is through the roof on this podcast. So the only Got way it. to make sure that we're on good speed as far as the recording uh, speed goes is for me to actually take a little break and then we can resume, but it'll just be very quick. So for the audience, we're going to take a little break right now and we're going to come right back. So my apologies, but I just don't want to lose any of this good stuff. All right, folks, we're back. We're back. So Montana, we were talking about um, the cold winter. Yes, it's going to be very cold. It gets to about negative 10 by me. And uh, my advice for anyone listening in the northern areas, and by the way, even I have a friend, my friend in Texas, she said it, it gets to uh, down to 20 degrees down there. This is probably a good time if you don't have long underwear, <laughs> buy a set this year. Uh, do not give away your sweaters. You will need your sweaters and your warm socks. Um, you know, it's going to be that kind of winter. That's all. Surviving the storm with George Pittman. Check that out. I keep saying it. And, you know, there's going to be a mad rush at the end. What do I do? Because it's like the, uh, what is it, like the June bug and the ant, the story about the June bug and the ant, the ants working all summer and the June bug singing. And then it comes time for winter and the ants prepared. 
So be the ant, not the June bug. Don't sit out there and sing and think everything's back to normal. I'd really like to say something about these people that are planning things. You know, you and I were talking about this and I think it's really important because the whole point of us doing this is to help other people. It's not for us to get up here and talk and uh, make money or try to skew somebody's opinion one way or another. No, we're here just to speak a fistful of truth. There's a lot of people out there right now, and I know you have your thoughts on this, and I'm going to let you take take over here for in a second, but I just want to introduce this topic. There's people making plans, okay? They're making plans to do A, B, and C. They're making plans to open a new business. They're making plans to go traveling uh, or go on vacations. They're making plans to start new projects, whatever those projects are whether or not they're basing these plans off of their, uh, their belief that we're gonna be financially rewarded by some kind of Zim, Dinar, crypto, that's a whole other topic. That ain't coming for a very long, long, long time, okay? That's my opinion. I'm not saying long, long time, like 50 years down the road, but it's not coming tomorrow and it's not coming next year. I can tell you that. Um, the plans that people are making are what I want to focus on on this. They're just not understanding a very important point that just hit me so hard when you said it about how everything's going to change. Would you like to take over and kind of give your thoughts sure. on this? Sure. Uh, so my, my career is in large scale project management, uh, all types of project management, mostly real estate and technology and wireless technology and uh, planning and construction on a large scale. And so uh, as a project manager, people want me to come up and help them with their projects, help them think it out, do budgets, plans, ideas, executive summaries, rollout, all that good stuff. And quite honestly, I have my own plans for this upcoming period of time, the second renaissance, as they're saying. But my intuition and my psychic ability is telling me not to do very much, that it's good to have the idea and get it down and into a nice paragraph and frame it in your mind. But the fundamentals of every part of our society are going to change. So if you're planning to do a hard project using A, B, and C inputs, uh, whether that's people resources or um, hard resources like um, um, products or services, and you're gonna have an output that's you know X, Y, or Z, well, guess what? Supply chain issues or changes in technology or things are just not going to be available. Uh, that's going to change. And if you're doing your budgets using uh, inputs, you know, G, H, and I, well, our whole financial system is changing as well. So this whole idea about spending time putting plans, details, plans together with white papers and executive summaries and roll out. There's no point to spending any time on that at this juncture. I firmly believe that many of us are going to be given projects to do. 
we're going to be handed them because we are each in our own geography. I know for sure that I am going to be given projects. I am in a very specific geography and I'm going to be asked to work in a larger region. And there may be 10,000 other people, including listeners here, who are in the same boat in their, their geography. There could be somebody in Hawaii that is having that feeling, somebody in Maine who's having that feeling. You have people dialing in and listening to you from Colombia, and they're going to have that feeling as well. The fact is, is that so many of the fundamentals that we are relying on to do our project are going to change. Certain companies will be out of business. You may be depending on those products for your project. It's not going to be happening that way. So there is really no point to spending lots of time developing those projects right now. It's a waste of time and energy that you could be using for some other much more important purpose, such as getting through this next year or two or three. We've got time on our hands, guys. There are people that are going to be leaving the earth. Why? Well, first of all, they're either jabbed or they're not jabbed or they've committed crimes and they're going to be dragged through tribunals. There's a lot of reasons why people are going to be leaving. And then again, there's a lot of people, the haves, that are going to all of a sudden be have-nots, and they're not going to be able to stand it. When, um, when I was in California with my daughter, we went kayaking in a very beautiful area of Newport. There's an area where people have their, you know, 15, 15 $20 million yachts parked outside of their $20 million waterfront homes. Those people are going to be losing it all. A lot of them, they're not going to be able to live with that. The people, the, the little people, those of us that are, you know, on the kayaks of life, we're going to be fine. The people that are on the $50 million cruisers that are being repossessed or taken, taken, seized by the government or whoever's in charge, they're not going to be fine. It's going to be a leveling of, of, many parts of our society. So I think that it's really important to focus on basics going forward and integrity. And if you're like choosing, if you're making a choice between things, go with the more natural choice, go with the more sensible, logical choice, because we got a tough road the next couple of years. And I don't mean to scare anybody, but, you know, quite honestly, all the markers are there. And you'd have to be deaf, dumb, and blind not to see it at this point. Back to you. I couldn't have said that any better. And thank you for that synopsis and your outlook, because I believe you are in tune with what's going on, which is why you and I do resonate. And because we're listening, we're, we're, our, our cup is infinite and we are constantly expanding our cup of knowledge. And for those people out there um, that are, putting all their eggs in this basket of the, uh, I mean, how could you, how could you even try to plan something when you don't know what the infrastructure, which is a word that POTUS is always using, how we need changes to our infrastructure. And, you know, he had an infrastructure task force. So there's no way 
that any kind of plan that is being made now can even be feasibly incorporated. Hold on one second. Just for instance, you have a whole a whole energy structure, just for starters, of our country, the entire energy structure uh, of electricity and how it's generated. You have all these governors, like my idiot governor here, they're trying to convert everybody over to uh, electric vehicles, which is a total folly. My daughter worked for a major electric vehicle maker this summer, second summer, and they have a term, they call it greenwashing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At the end of the day, you do take your electric vehicle and you plug it into the wall or the socket, wherever it is in your garage, and you're relying on your energy company who powers who powers their uh, their their system with coal and with diesel and with these fossil fuels. And so it it is greenwashing. So when you're looking at the basic function of energy, the whole energy infrastructure has to change. The whole water system, how water is is distributed and cleansed and all that purification. How can you how can you plan any sort of project or any sort of new venture unless you're opening a food truck, which would be a great business these days, you know? <laughs> Not delivery. Food delivery and food trucks. I'm telling you, it's it's <laughs> I, I had built a food delivery company right before COVID at 20, uh, 2020 hit and it launched like six weeks before and it was a nationwide platform. And um, I mean, the, the people that were uh, funding it or the person funding it did not have the vision and did not understand what I was telling him. I said, look, you got to keep this open, not that open because this person was invested in multiple business. I'm sure they're kicking their ass still, but I'm not because I've been freed. Um, yeah, you know, that's all I can really say because every every day I get, you know, my my job involved a lot of VC and a lot of funding for startups. And I do have come from, back from uh, Silicon Valley is where I was born and raised. And that I've been watching the old Silicon Valley again, even though it's a cabal series, it makes me laugh because it's so true. Um, if you haven't seen that series, it's absolutely comedic. Um, if you want a good laugh, because laughter is good for the soul, guys. I mean, don't just stick to this information all day, it'll drive you crazy. Um, but, you know, a lot of this stuff is just going to completely uh, fall apart. And uh, I can only say that a lot of people are still reaching out to me saying, oh, we want to start this and we want to do this. And these are people that are awake and they're patriots. And I'm like, do you understand? I don't think they're getting it. I don't think they're, I think there's just, I don't know what it is. Is it Cogdis? Is it it, it, I just don't understand why people are not, are they just not paying attention to what's being said? Or I think that's gotta be, maybe they still have their TV on. <laughs> well, the truth is, is that we're going into an economic abyss. Mm -hmm. We're going into this really dark time mm -hmm. and people are like, well, how am I going to make it? Well, I think if you're looking for a business, uh, my advice would be looking, look into fixing things look into recycling materials because materials are not going to be available. Um, uh, if, if you, for some reason, are into cars, look at fixing cars, retrieving chips, anything to fix vehicles 
or, or tractors or farm equipment, any of that useful stuff. It, yeah, it's not sexy, but you know what? That's going to be a big business. Um, and this time, it's going to be more about making it through and surviving than, you know, making a lot of money. It's just going to be a totally different scenario. I have a friend here who is a patriot and who listens to this program. And she has a friend whose husband just died. And she she's three homes. And she has a whole collection of, this is like really funny, of Chanel handbags. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, there's a useful item. So she, I said, I have one pocketbook, seriously. And I've had the same pocketbook for like six or seven years. A Dooney and Burke, a black one. It's great. Goes with everything. <laughs> and I said, boy, I would be selling those handbags really quick. There, there's a useless item if there ever was one. And the point is, is that you have all this, this crap. It's not doing anything for you. <laughs> like, seriously, if you have all this stuff, figure out how to sell it pretty damn quick because it's going to be useless. It so is I pretty useless. And uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I just think that I think people need to almost get a little hard slap of reality to get understand what's going on. And I think it needs to come soon. And I think we are going to see it with the cold winter. I think once you start not depriving, and I use this term a lot, you have to stop and sharpen the ax to cut down the tree. And what we're doing is we're removing the old dead trees out of our infrastructure that no longer serve the forest and in fact are harming it. And we're allowing for new growth. And during this time, people are thinking that they're going to be chopping and sharpening at the same time. It's not going to happen. And that's why POTUS keeps referring to that 10 cents. FDR is on the 10 cent piece. And that was the time of reconstruction. And he used that word, by the way, in the last speech he gave, reconstruction. We're going to hear that word again, because that involves the changes to our infrastructure. So that's great advice that you just gave all of us um, to, if, if you're hell bent on starting a business, which is the worst thing you could do right now, the best thing you could do right now is to take care of yourself. You know, I keep stressing health to people, um, you know, real health. Um, and there, people just seem to be ignoring this. I mean, look at what's going on. We are in a pandemic. We are, you know, I'm coming home from a grocery store trip or a trip to um, a personal service that, you know, you may have to attend like a doctor's office visit. You know, there's still those things that we have to do, get, you know, deal with your dentist or whatever it is that you're doing that you have to survive and stay healthy. And I'm, you know, tossing all my clothes in the washing machine because it's laden with their spike proteins. This is the truth, folks. Um, and I'm not saying this to invoke paranoia. This is not fear porn. This is called uh, survival. This is called, you know, making sure you're taking the right uh, prophylactic supplements and eating well and healthy is what you just referred to. I mean, this talk has really blossomed into a lot of different avenues today. And I love that. I love talking with you about these things because it's meant for us to say and for others to hear and resonate with. And please, if you have any comments about this, I always urge the listeners to go to the blog and leave a comment. 
Um, you do have to enter your email address for me to see it. Otherwise, there's way too many comments that come in every day that I can't even get to or look at. But at least if you do that, I will most likely get it. Can't guarantee it. Um, but in the meantime, again, going back to the infrastructure changes that are coming um, and the different types of hints that POTUS has given us, a big one is September, years ago, um, during his first term, we're in his second term now, folks. Trump is in charge, as Snackanon keeps reminding us. Trump is in charge. He kept telling us September is emergency preparedness month. What are we rolling up on? September. They didn't tell us in August that September was emergency preparedness month, and then the next October roll it out. They gave us years to get prepared to survive this storm, Montana. They did. This is true. Uh, one of the things I picked up today, and uh, I, I happen to actually uh, believe in preparing yourself financially as well, I uh, stopped by my local coin shop and picked up some uh, silver quarters and silver dimes. And I know that people are advertising on lots of shows to send away and do this and do that, but I really like having my local guy. And that's a really good thing to have is silver quarters and silver dimes because we don't know what's happening with currency. Uh, yeah, it's good to have some silver. I do own a couple of uh, silver rounds, but the quarters and the dimes will be really useful at grocery store time. Um, you know, just a word to the wise. Everybody's got a different local shop. And certainly it would be as smart to have a few of those babies <laughs> because, you know, who knows what's going to happen? How are you going to pay for groceries? We don't know what's going to happen with the currency and all that. It's going to be a little bit of a surprise, you know? Yeah, I think so. I think a lot of people are uh, being impatient. And I think that, you know, I have, I have this in permanent ink on my body because I needed to remember it because I was a very young and impatient girl at one point in my life. And who wasn't? I mean, I don't know. Some people are just born with bricks of patience. I wasn't. Be still and know. Uh, be still and know is such a huge statement. Um, of course, you know, being still doesn't mean don't take any action, but taking the wrong kind of action at this time is only going to yield uh, horrific results and it's going to end up in more lack. And um, that's not what the, uh, that's not what the times call for. You know, um, we've, we've been told all of these things. We've been told, make sure you have some cash on hand, um, make sure you, whatever it is that you need to fuel your car with. I mean, good luck to the people driving electric vehicles. You know, I've seen, by the way, some lines of electric vehicles uh, lined up when power has gone out and I have been just laughing at it because, you know, I remember when one of my bosses bought a, uh, a, a Tesla when it first came out and he wasn't able to go further than 250 miles without charging it. And I said to him, I said, well, besides the severe destructive damage it does to the earth to build a battery for these atrocious things. Um, and I call them atrocious because of the, the damage that it does. Um, I said, well, you know, what do you do if you have to go further than 250 miles? And he says, oh, I'll never have to do that. So the mentality of 
the comfort and cognitive dissonance, you know, is just, it's mind blowing. And I think that comes back to uh, this time that's coming up. And again, you guys, this is not for any kind of fear or um, this is not fear porn. The show is not based on that. It is truth. And sometimes the truth hurts and sometimes the truth is uncomfortable but once you know the truth, then you have freedom. That's what follows from, from uh, otherwise you live in a world of lies. I really do sincerely believe that we are headed into what POTUS is talking about and what you've made reference to. He says the word recession, but then he also says it can get worse. It could be a depression. And he says depression is much worse than recession. So I think we have to do what we can individually to not bring about any worse scenarios and those that are rejecting knowledge that are making plans that are you know my god i mean you should see the vc requests i'm still getting it's mind-blowing and i'm like don't you guys hate me already because i i'm too outspoken they've kind of gotten over me being outspoken by the way and they're back to we need money I'm sorry, I've kind of gone off on a tangent, but so much has happened between when we've talked and not. But, you know, POTUS is gearing us up for his his uh, leadership, which we are under uh, right now, but he's has more publicly, um, uh, when the public becomes more aware, the sleeping patriots, I'm not even talking about the other side because they're just completely lost in my world, but the sleeping patriots that think there's still a real Biden up there, dear Lord, help them. Um, but when when POTUS reappears to the public eye, I think he's get really gearing us up for what you're referring to as a cold winter, as scarcity and resources um, from gasoline to heating, which, you know, is, is related. Our energy, remember, he talks about energy independence, our food resources. And this all has to do with sharpening the axe. It's not because we've run out of food or the world is ending. It's because we need to change things. And in order to do that, we need to stop hammering and, and replace the hammer or make or build a better system that doesn't need a hammer. We're going to see a lot of people leave the earth during this time as well. Well, not me. I'm here. I think you're you're here and we're carrying through. And hopefully the audience is sitting back and saying, I'm here too. I'm here. I'm here. I'm ready. Get ready. This is going to be a, a very challenging time. We can do this together. Yep. Uh, I, I absolutely love listening to your shows uh, because on some of my days when I'm a little down, it kind of energizes me. And I sh I've been sharing it, actually. <laughs> um, I've been sharing so it a lot because here in New York, you know, one of the things I notice on my little trip to California is uh, how many how many thriving businesses are open mom and pop not not chain stores yes. but you know when I walk every morning and when I was walking in Orange County and Costa Mesa and in Irvine California saw so many businesses open um, dry cleaning everything I saw only one or two vacancies I was shocked because here in New York um, we have like a 40 to 50% commercial vacancy, no joke, where I am and downstate. It's pretty bad here. Um, you know, no, I didn't take a, a, a I, I haven't looked at the re official reports. I'm just looking at the storefronts. It's very different. 
So uh, whatever's happening in California, maybe it really is the revival state. But what I saw was really thriving in California. It was very, very heartwarming. I was very, very glad to see that. But New York is in a is in a depression, and uh, I'm sure there are other states. Pardon? I hope the same for New York and all states and all all patriots of all nations, every nation that is holding the line with God. Um, I do hope and wish the same thing. I do see the thriving, by the way. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just uh, felt compelled to say that. Yeah, no, it's exciting to see. Uh, but, you know, we need to repeat that elsewhere. And maybe they have a really good formula for it. I, it seemed to be mostly the privately owned businesses. It, it wasn't like that, by I the mean, way. I wanted it was to great. I was very. They were all closed. What you saw is so recent. It's mind blowing how quickly. And this should make the people uh, audience feel good because we've talked about a lot of things that might worry people. Don't worry. Fear is false evidence appearing real, right? False evidence appearing real. Gary Busey told me that. He actually wrote that in his, in his book. He is a good guy. He's been subject to a lot of BS here. Um, but one of the things that people need to realize is that uh, California was very shut down. We had a curfew when the pandemic hit. And I believe Montana, that we were being used as a test state, um, as, I mean, look at our population and look at the amount of fraud and infiltration that's happened here, just like New York. Uh, I believe that we, we were uh, really not punished, but uh, restricted, because I hear things from other people in other states, you know, they come here and they're like, how was it during COVID? And I said, well, that you couldn't, you had to have papers in your car when you were traveling from your job, which I was, an, I was considered essential. So I had papers, like uh, if you want to call it Nazi Germany in my car, and I had to show it to police officers when I was driving down freeways, if I was uh, pulled over. Um, not for speeding or anything wrong. You just weren't supposed to be on the freeway. I was on the freeway, by the way. So you can understand the difference of what you saw with mom and pop stores being open and what I'm describing only two years ago. I was on the freeway on the 101 and the 405. Now the 405 is one of the busiest freeways in the world or was. And I was one of three cars during a Friday afternoon on the freeway, three that's I thought I was in some kind of Twilight Zone episode. When you drove down the streets and you saw all those stores open, Montana, with the mom and pop stores thriving, they were boarded up, closed, mm -hmm. and I thought we were never going to see it again. It looked like something out of 12 Monkeys. I thought we were never going to see it again. It was depressing. It was quiet. It was weird. There was some solace to the silence, but then it just felt like something was very uh, amiss, of course. Now to see it come back to where I really like the testimony you gave the public, because I'm a Californian native, you're somebody coming here and you've been here, you know, often, however, you're coming here from a perspective of being in the opposite coast of New York, where a lot of this, the, the, the second half of the, the two shit shows that are going on are in the most populated states, New York and, and California. Of course, there's shit shows everywhere in every major city. My God, we could talk about this all day. However, and everyone's being affected. So I'm not just saying it's our states, my God. But for you to see that thriving uh, business and give that testimony is truly remarkable because it wasn't like that even six months ago. So what's going on? Well, right? I, 
I'm wondering if there were rent concessions given because like my daughter spent the summer going, she likes cycling, you know, um, I guess spinning, spinning class. Yeah, like and she would go and there would be sometimes just three or four people in the studio, which isn't enough to sustain a business. So I'm thinking that there were rent concessions given um, because otherwise it just isn't economic. There are, there are rent concessions given, but only for LA County. Uh, some parts of the state, I am one of those people, um, if you want to say fortunate, yes. However, unfortunate, because I lost everything in my life. Everything, everything. It started with the fires. It ended with COVID um, to the point where I lost a business and my job because I had a business and a job in order to ensure that I had something to fall back on. But all of those things were taken away. And I know it was divine intervention because he does have plans to prosper us. And right now, I believe that God wants me doing this. Um, just, just because like, like we said in the beginning of this podcast, there's no way to freedom until we, we are all on the same page with truths. And those that cannot grasp, I shouldn't say cannot, will not choose to reject the knowledge, choose to turn their uh, beliefs away from what is true and maybe difficult. You know, we've talked about some very difficult topics here and we will continue to do so because once we talk about it, what happens? It becomes easier to assimilate into our data banks, you know, uh, blood diamonds. What about those diamonds? What about the universities? What about the art museums we've discussed? And there's so much more yet to discuss and, and reveal um, and bring from dark to light. But until people are able to not compartmentalize and set that aside and, and ignore it because it doesn't fit their agenda. Well, guess what, Buttercups? And it's not the audience that's doing this, by the way. The audience is amazing because they're tuned in. The ones that are tuned out, the ones that can't hear us because they think we're crazy for dancing, for hearing the music. Those are the people we really need to reach, but we can only pray and save ourselves. It's true. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Anyway, Delara, hats off to you for doing an amazing job on a daily basis. I don't know how and, I'm doing this. I don't know how and, doing this. Um, not only that, but the people that are coming to speak with you on Monday Matters and your other shows are phenomenal. And um, we're all in this together, whether we like it or not. It's, uh, you know, it, it, we all chose to be here at this time. Okay. And we did. And so hats off to everybody who's participating with you and everybody who's listening. This is, this is not easy stuff to grasp. It's not easy stuff to ground. Um, no, it's not rainbows and ponies and all that, but this is what being an adult is. Uh, this is what's needed as, at this time. And this is what God needs. He needs us. We are the feet on the ground. And if we choose to listen and we choose to be part of God's army, you know, that's really what's required here. And I'm in this, I, I was called here. I know I'm divinely protected as are you and as are many other people here. And we just need to hold the line and we need to make it through this time. And I don't have any more, anything more to share but we need to make it through this time and help those around us make it through this time. 
not easy. Anyway, I'll share a quick story and then and then I'll say thank you. Um, I did mention that I stopped at the coin shop and I have uh, my friend there is on our frequency and I'm, I send him your shows and he enjoys them. And he was telling me a story of somebody, he's got all these people that walk in with stuff to buy or stuff to sell. And he was helping out one of his customers who's a young woman who has a child uh, and is a single mom and refuses to ask her, um, I guess her previous boyfriend to help, help with the childcare payments. And so he's intervening on his on his own intuition as a 60 something man with a, a wife and children. And he's doing what he feels called to do. And we had a whole conversation this week and last week about how he's speaking up on behalf of the child who's saying, you know, he's saying that he he really um, believes that this woman needs extra strength to stand up and use the state resources to go after this man, the natural father of this child, to contribute for child support. Why is this important? Because this man is doing God's work. He's doing what he feels he's called to do. He's a wonderful man. And I, I, I sat and I listened to him for half an hour as he's telling me all the details about what he's doing to help this woman and her child. And I, you know, it takes each of us standing in our own truth and seeing what we can do in our own space. Steve's a hero in my book. Um, I agree. I mean, and it, it takes a lot of courage to help somebody get through these, these tough times. Um, but look at him. He's a hero, isn't he? Absolutely. 100%. That's a real hero, not mm -hmm. the self-proclaimed heroes that are, I, I have many words for those. They're, they're everything, but well, thank you so much for all of your beautiful insights, uh, whether they are about things that may not be, you know, the most wonderful topics or at the same time, I mean, I believe that all truth, no matter how ugly it is, uh, will eventually lead to beauty and freedom because that is the only way. It is the only way. And until people understand that this is the only way, um, I think that that's the struggle we're at, that we need to embrace the truth fully and let go of all fear. All of it needs to go. Amen. Sign me up. Well, thank you for being here again. And uh, we'll, we'll be talking again. And I look forward to whatever topics are coming up for us and for the listeners. And thank you to the listeners too, as well. Thank you, Delara. Thank you, everybody. Well, thank you, Montana Sky, again for your time and your selfless efforts to help others in this time where it is so important to speak with uh, truth, to walk with truth, and also to, you know, not necessarily follow a crowd going in the wrong direction, because as we spoke about today on You Heard It Here First, here on A Fistful of Truth, uh, not everybody's going to make it through the storm. And that only has to do with your cup of knowledge and your ability to incorporate, accept, and um, 
really just understand what is going on. And the only way to do that is to keep an open heart and not let your ego get in the way. So I urge all of you that are busy making plans as we discussed for your future to take, take a bunch of steps back and plan your day. You know, my grandmother always used to say, eat what's on your plate today. You know, don't worry about yesterday's meal. That's gone. And tomorrow, who knows what, what that is going to bring. Although our faith in Jesus Christ and Almighty Father God is always what will uh, prosper, end up prospering us at the end. Because those who endure shall be saved. So worry about what's on your plate today and not tomorrow because things are changing, folks. This is a time of great change, reconstruction, reconfiguration of not just our infrastructure, but really of our humanity. So keep that in mind and focus on the basics like Montana Sky reminded us, because really God provides for us when we stand firm in our faith and we are not led astray by false prophets, by wrong information and, uh, the deceiver because the enemy is indeed a deceiver. So having said that, people often ask me, what do I tune into? Who do I listen to? Well, I listen to God. I listen to Jesus Christ. That's who I listen to. That is the only source of information that I trust. Everything else is just hearsay. Now, if you want some place to go and take a look at what's being said, listen to POTUS. Listen to Donald Trump. He's telling us everything. As you can hear in these decodes, make sure you check into those. Check in the uh, check into the decode. The latest one is excellent, um, only because um, I really like what is being presented by Snackanon. And check out the rest of the triple decode series that previously was listed at DelaraEssengill.blog, and you can definitely tune into Lynn Wood. Uh, Lynn Wood's Telegram channel is the only channel, the only one that I actually pay any attention to whatsoever. Everyone else that seems to uh, be wanting to tell you the truth and speak, you know what, dude, I'm telling you right now, tune out, okay? Because you're being led astray in many different ways. And I'm, I'm, I'm done saying what I'm going to say. That's the last time I'm going to answer this question. So in the meantime, I want to thank the few companies that do not sponsor this podcast uh, they agreed to work with me um, in order to help keep this going. And uh, it is a very minimal cost that is met every month in order to keep all this digital stuff up. Uh, thank you to OP2 Labs. Um, and it's supported by your purchase of these products. There's no obligation to purchase them at all whatsoever. These are things that I take um, daily. Collagen, second most important substance in your body, developed by Navy SEALs. These are patriots, folks. If you want to support a company, support a patriot-owned company. If you're taking collagen, switch over to OP2 Labs and know you're getting the, the world's best grass-fed, nano-hydrolyzed uh, collagen that EM doctors use a lot. Uh, medical professionals are using to help people in recovery from surgeries, to help athletes um, with endurance. And also collagen is the second most important substance in your body. Number one is water. Also, make sure you check out the Soma Vedic. It is a 5G uh, protection device that mitigates the effects of harmful frequencies. You place it in your home, you plug it in, you forget about it. And now you are actually experiencing uh, the, you are no longer experiencing, excuse me, you're no longer experiencing as much of the negative effects of the 5G frequencies that are very prevalent. There's a lot of stuff coming our way and you don't want to be waiting last minute to get all this stuff. 
Um, and make sure that you also um, check out the links at the end of the podcast description for hemp therapies. Keep your inflammation down using hemp therapies, uh, professional grade CBD oil. It is not some company that, um, you know, manifested overnight. They are uh, very, very well reviewed and their product is excellent. I use it. Being in California, I'm surrounded by CBD and Canna products, but I actually use hemp therapies for my CBD. And additionally, I want to thank Mission uh, Mission Darkness Faraday Protection. I've had a Faraday bag for my phone for years. I have a family member who worked in uh, telecom and also showed me studies and effects of cellular devices and all other devices that um, use Wi-Fi and not use Wi-Fi. All of them are emitting radiation. You know, people putting their laptops, it's called a laptop. It's on your lap. It's radiating you. Your phone against your head is radiating you. A Bluetooth device, throw it away. Don't even use it. Forget about it. Don't put anything in your head that's radiating Bluetooth into your head. Are you kidding me? So, you know, you guys, this is up to you to do and check it out. Everything's listed at the bottom of the podcast description. If you are um, considering getting Faraday protection, do check out Mission Darkness. Don't get a cheap version from China. It's not, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to cheap out on stuff like this. If you're trying to protect devices, especially your body is the most important device of all. All right. Thank you for tuning in you heard it here first on a fistful of truth don't forget to copy and paste this link share it in anywhere but twitter if you want to get your account taken off of twitter share it today and you'll be gone in 60 seconds or less (laughs) well i can't guarantee that but it'll be pretty quick um anywhere but twitter and make sure that you're sharing it with an appropriate audience where if you have any friends left from the matrix which i'm glad i don't um a few a few have survived they're waiting. I think some people are going to actually have some sort of hope in, in um, incorporating these difficult truths into their lives. But one day they'll look back and they will appreciate all of the work that all of us are doing, including you, the listeners, are just as important as me, as just as important as the people passing along this information, putting it out. It doesn't matter. We are all doing our job. If you affect one person in your lifetime of being here, you have done your job. If you affect more, you're going over and above your call of duty to God. Thank you again. Please do tune in tomorrow. And uh, we will have some great uh, programs coming up this weekend, as well as the continuation of the uh, the double decode. We will be focusing on CPAC with Snackin' On, but make sure you hear part one and two first. God bless you, patriots. Where we go one, we go all. <laughs>